Welcome to WP Tonic Roundtable Podcast, where a panel of leading WordPress junkies discusses the latest WordPress and internet stories of the week. Now, on with the show with your moderator, Jonathan Denwood. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic Show. It's episode 590. I've got a small panel, but a powerful panel. I've rustled up some good stories. I'm going to let the panel introduce themselves. Spencer, would you like to introduce yourself first? Spencer Foreman from WPLaunchify.com. And I've got my friend John. John, would you like to introduce yourself? John from LockdownSEO.com. And I've got my friend Sally. Sally, would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, yes, I'm Sally Getch, Rhymes with Getch, the <coughs> organizer of the East Bay WordPress Meetup in Oakland, California. Apparently some links actually go to live videos, play automatically, yeah. sorry. There, there we go. And um, so before we go into our main stories, I want to talk about my main sponsor, Castos. Um, they are a they are a podcast hosting service. If you want to get into podcasting yourself or for your clients, you need a service that helps you with the RSS feed, also hosts your podcast and provides a number of other services that will enable your yours or your clients' podcast to appear on iTunes, Spotify, um, Google Play, and a host of other podcasting platforms. Um, podcasting is a great way of getting in front of your target audience. I love it. I've been doing it for a number of years. And Castos are a great company to help you achieve that. I was with another host, another podcasting um, platform. Um, the interface was a little bit ropey, to be quite truthful. Um, I came across Kestos and great interface, half the price of the previous platform. Had some discussions with them and they decided they wanted to be the sponsor of the show. So I'm delighted. So to show your support, please go over there and tell them that you heard about them on the WP Tonic Show. So let's go into our first story. Our first story. Uh, um, that's Creative Commons search to um, search to relaunch on WordPress.org. What did you think of this one, Spencer? I'm surprised. I, I like to think I know a lot. I didn't really know there was a Creative Commons search engine. Did you? No. Oh, yeah. Knew. John, did you know about this? Uh, I I'd, I'd used it uh, uh, I'd used it before. Um, uh, what I didn't know was that it was in trouble in any way. I uh, mean, what, I don't know what good is this for because when I look up certain things, I would expect to find images. Like I look at my own name, I get a picture of some. I don't know if it's a, a drag queen or a show person, but like not the image I'm wondering. Let's see. Let's look up Matt Mullenwen. Like I'm wondering. Have you have you have you licensed any photos of you as Creative Commons? Because that's what it specifically searches for is the license. Okay, but here's an example. I'm not saying it's not good for anything, but I'm saying you search for Matt by his name. You get pictures from like a decade ago first. Maybe I have to sort it. I'm just wondering, isn't almost everything like Pexels and Pixabay and all these sites, aren't those already giving you a license to do everything you need regardless of being Creative Commons? 
Uh, many of them are. And also, there's now a way to search in Google for th- things by license. So, And I think this might have been part of the yeah. issue is that once you could do it in Google... Uh, it, it didn't. Uh, it, uh, it it didn't necessarily. It was no. Have, it was no great commercial value anymore. Right. I, I mean, I'm not sure it ever was of that much the commercial value because it's a. It's it's a nonprofit uh, to begin with, um, but. Uh, it is. Uh, it says you know what they're going to do is is also. Uh, um, Hey, you know, finding GPL compatible images, that makes me wonder, are they going to, are they going to be including like, um, you know, search of GitHub for uh, uh, things licensed under the GPL? I mean, it's, it's normally what it looks for is the, is the, you know, CC zero. This is stupid. I mean, not stupid is like a thing. It's just a thing. Like it's a non-story because. No offense to us being in a story here, but like there's nothing to talk about because like search for WooCommerce, all right? There's a trillion images that you can use for WooCommerce, but when you pull up these images, it's like a bunch of 12-year-old word camps of people talking about WooCommerce. Like who's ever going to use this stuff? It's it's like pictures of wagons or something. Like- well, did you ever use the Creative Commons search in Flickr back in the day when yeah. Flickr was a thing? Yeah, and that kind of is a good example of my point. Back in the day... When the lawyers were running around from from Getty with machetes and torches. Oh, trust me, they still are. But the difference is, if I went to Pexels or Pixabay or one of the other hundred free use-it-as-you-wish things, there's every image under the sun in 4K, modern people doing the stuff I need. Even commercial stuff is available. It's just kind of like, this is like... uh, Search for, you know, Adobe Flash website designs or something kind of search engine. That's what it feels like. Oh, John, come on. What do you think, John? No, John Denwood. Like, well, I was a Flash developer. I got into this crazy world as a Flash developer. So I'm saying, like, what do you think about the story with the Creative Commons search? It's like... He's, I, just thought, I just thought it was a happy story to start off with. Could be that a happy story, you know, but my blood pressure might start to rise right. at the uh, end. Might start to rise at the end of this podcast. Well, yes, and, uh, and, and uh, there's, a, there's also a, a a point. Your blood pressure is definitely going to rise by the end of the blood <laughs> end of the podcast. Um, uh, but you know, there's also a reference to the issue about feels uh, like boiling uh, already. Get, getty, uh, uh, getty acquired. Uh, Unsplash, you know the fact that some of these places may not uh, uh, continue to make things, um, make available things that are free, and some of them you search and you have to, you know, you have to read the small print to know that about half the images they show you are actually images that you need to buy from right. somebody else who's sponsoring them. But, but. But it, yes, the, they are the designed to be like, stock, and that's, that's how it different. Works now. I mean, in other words, we know that we're in a world of like free samples or free trials or you know bulk buying, like a, a Netflix and, and Hulu and Amazon Prime. It's like you're in a membership; they get seven dollars a month or twenty dollars a month. Some's free, some's paid up, sell and so forth. I want to twist this story and see if you go with me on this. Did you guys see what I posted, which was? Jetpack's new above-the-fold admin notice. Because if we want to talk about something, let's talk about how Jetpack had the gigantic cojones to think it's okay that 
they will take the entire browser height and width with their admin notice for Jetpack. Like, oh, I, that, I did not see that. Uh, I posted uh, it into Slack, but I'm saying, like, if any mere mortal company even tried to remotely do that, like, even just a sliver of an image, they would be hung to dry. But this is so ballsy. I mean, yeah, even talk- even Yoast probably would have gotten even, a even Yoast wouldn't do that, would they? No, oh, they'd do it. But, but oh yeah, they would do if they could get but, away with it. There yeah. would be a uh, there would be a response. Yes. yes, yes. I mean, it's just sure. another example of how do as we say, not as we do. But at the same time, when you're talking about what's wrong with the 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 plugin repository, what's wrong with the dashboard of WordPress, what's wrong with the mechanics? It's odd to me that. It's even news that they're buying up old search engines when yeah. in the front end they're still dicking around with yeah. stuff like this. Well, I, tr- I tried listeners. I tried. It's to not a critique of you. It's just a like a what's relevant to the WordPress thing. <laughs> I just tried to find a happy beginning story. I did I try my best. I know. I did try my best, but I give up. So what, and I know where we're going because the end of the show is going to be very dramatic. Well, my blood, pre- my, my blood pressure might get a bit hot on the corner. <laughs> That's um, like a like a teaser. For the people yeah. listening, yeah, I, I just want to say I want to dedicate this podcast to the memory of my mother, actually, and um, I want to say that um, later on the language might get a bit fruity, so uh, I will try and control myself, listeners and viewers. But if you've got young children listening with you, it might not be the best podcast for them. So be pre-warned. Uh, um, on to the next one. Um, changes at Basecamp. Uh, um, what did you reckon about this one, John? This is a story that just seems to grow and grow and grow, doesn't it? Yeah, so it's really weird. So, you know, you're the leadership at Basecamp. You're Jason Fried and David Hannemeyer Hansen. One day you're posting about uh, getting us on it. And then the next day, it's big sweeping changes where all political discussions at Slack are banned, apparently. And as the story comes out, uh, what brought this on is a variety of things. So apparently, internally at Basecamp, they've had a list all this time of funny sounding names of customers that's grown throughout the years. Some of these uh, are European names, but they also include Asian names and African but names. Why? Why, John? Yeah. Why? Why? So we can make because, fun of our customers. Uh, well, yes, because probably the people who started collecting them were folks with the mentality of 14-year-old American yeah, boys. Like Bart Simpson, you know? Uh, yes, so, I mean, that's the analogy the article uses. So at the same time, they they said like, hey, we're going to make a diversity and, and an inclusivity uh, committee. And of the 57 employees, I think a third of them, 20 of them, like joined this committee. But before, wait, wait, there's so many details here that came out. Before this diversity committee could fire off one meeting, uh, which is a third of the company, and they were talking about this, it got shut down, and uh, now the there's one diversity officer. Because what happened is, is people looked at this list and they said, like, hey, this is really problematic because we have all these things like attacks on Asian people. We have, you know, Black Lives Matter going on, and this is just not a good thing to be having around, besides the fact that, like, you're making fun of your customers' names. <laughs> So 
basically, and some, some, <laughs> the, the, the sure way to win friends and influence here's, here's, people. Yeah. So here's where, here's where it really went off the rails. So somebody put. <laughs> I'm his boy, I'm his boy. When was oh, it yeah, yeah. No, I haven't even got to the best part yet. So, <laughs> so somebody, if anybody's familiar with the pyramid of hate, where at the bottom you have people, you know. It wasn't until uh, I moved to America. Yeah. <laughs> At the top of the pyramid, you have things like genocides and atrocities going on. But at the bottom, there's things like making fun of, you know, uh, people who are different than you, making fun of of other uh, races and stuff like that. And then it like goes up the ladder where you're just actively discriminating against people, not selling them houses in the good neighborhood. Uh, Then you're like chanting in the streets. Uh, and, and doing things like that, running people over with cars or shooting them with machine guns. Uh, and at the top, it's just full-on genocide. Well, David Hanemeyer Hansen took offense to this, and he wanted in no way to be to think that this na- list where you're making fun of ethnic names, <laughs> among <laughs> other names, could be in any way... <laughs> yeah, could be in any way connected to genocide. And instead of saying, like, you know, like Bill Duke said, like, hey, you know you fucked up. Instead of saying that, you know, he he just squashed everything internally. And if you go on Twitter and you see responses from some of the people that work at base camp, white people, black people, Asian people, they're upset, they're distraught, they're frustrated, they're pissed, they're sad. They're I mean, this is but a lot of people believe that this is a covert layoff move. Some people believe that they're trying to lay off people and they're offering people severance, like, say, Hey, if you if you um, if you don't like it here, then leave. Because like every day since this, like the founders have been posting uh, new new blog posts and then you know put, taking it to Twitter. Yesterday, uh, DHH was blocking on Twitter like everybody who disagreed with him, uh, and people were calling him. That, that, that sounds very difficult. Right, hey, better of him than than this. Uh, uh, this is yeah. really disappointing. Um, it is a bit. So you, you know him slightly, don't you, Spencer? You so say you didn't think you don't think this was malice. You just think this was just stupidity, basically. Uh, I don't think it's stupidity. I think w- what I'm saying is that while I think John's points are actually spot on, when it comes to the way that the Jason and DHH think from their own published stuff over the entire course of the company. They're a Chicago company and they're originally based in Wicker Park, right? Literally around the corner from where I live. And I grew up in the same space as Jason and all the other stuff. So I can appreciate that they're both very thoughtful people, extraordinarily opinionated, have from day one never been afraid of taking really unexpected actions, which I respect. And I think I live by a similar credo. I mean, if every fish is upstream this way, they're going to go that way and they're going to have reasons to explain it here. I think this is a hot potato. And I think what they did is realize as owners of the company, they're sitting on a, a money printing machine that gets no benefit from being involved in the politics of the day, which are very, Hot potato. You, you can't win by holding it. Even well, it's got nothing to do with politics. They they had a list of extra. That that's was, not. That's uh, not. I, I haven't totally, addressed that yet. I'm saying totally the racist thing. reasons, and the they, hot- they own the freaking company. They must have allowed it to 
continue for God's sake. Anybody I'm, not I'm saying, I'm saying yeah. they, they, you, first of all, you need to be fair to one thing. And I'm not saying they need to be defended. I'm saying be fair to one thing. There's a list of five or six other policies in the company that when they came out with them, they were like being real progressive. Look at what we're doing. We're doing this peer review thing or we're doing this paternalistic 10% to do stuff like to better yourself as a human being. They went through a bunch of their policies that were outdated. What I think happens is you get two guys. Jason has several kids. Uh, David has his kids. They're making millions and millions of dollars a year. They don't need to screw up their shit. They probably were lazy about reviewing what's going on underneath the hood of the car. And when they found out, holy crap, our, our employees are participating in this thing that could be interpreted as us encouraging hateful speech and behavior. We not only have to end it, we have to end it in a sort of let's stop talking about it way because the danger of their situation is if they try to engage it in a thoughtful debate, today's world, you get in trouble just for getting into the debate. And so what they're doing, and I respect this, but I'm not saying I would do it the same. I'm just saying I respect it is they're saying we're going to take it all as one hit. <laughs> like we're, we're saying it's wrong. It's bad. It's over. It happened. We don't deny it happened, but like, that's it. We're not going to talk about it anymore. And if you try to talk about it with us, we're going to not engage with you or cut you off or do what the stuff DHH is doing. And in a weird way, that's consistent with how they've handled trolls in the past. In the early days of the company... Yeah, but they're not trolls. They're pretty not, they're pretty not totally understandable criticism of their position. I'm not saying... Trollish, not, hold it? on. You're, you're misinterpreting. Maybe I'm not explaining well. I'm not saying... That the company's I'm position. You, I'm just giving is, you a hard time because a couple of weeks ago you gave me a bloody hard time. So well, I, I, I love that you give me a hard time. I'm saying that if you're faced with this situation, your company has clearly crossed the gap towards the wrong side of the river. Okay. You've gone over there. There's evidence they're participating in this. You got two ways to handle it. You can basically get into the conversation and, and take it to its logical conclusion of all that we've done wrong and we're so sorry and contrite and do like all the corporate people do. Like, <laughs> as long as this is news, we're going to be doing everything to talk about it. Or you do what these guys have consistently done, which is we know this is a problem. Admittedly, they probably say in private, we really fucked this up. And how are we going to deal with it? Because as a company, this is going to screw up our, our cash machine. And what they're doing is not right. I'm not judging it but it's totally predictable and logical. I don't know. I, 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 no, I know how you deal with I it. I think you there's don't. a difference, though, between saying we will not discuss this issue again. We are putting a stop to it. You know, uh, we, we, we admit it was bad uh, once we discovered it, or, uh, you know, or at least once everybody knew, everybody knew we discovered it. Um, uh, you know, uh, we're, we're saying, but the problem with saying don't talk politics yeah. is that if you are, say, a non-binary person, introducing yourself gets interpreted as political. The existence of a lot of people, at least in the U.S., is essentially political. I think you say on the base camp account, though. They're not saying like an employee of Basecamp is going to get in trouble if they go in the public record as being gender this, gender that. He's saying don't talk about it 
at the company's board anymore. I think that's the point. It's like they're saying, we don't want to be a company that's involved in any political stuff at all. We just want to make money selling our software because otherwise it screws it up for David and Jason. <laughs> that's basically it. I'm just trying to guy. imagine the, okay, so which bathroom do y'all want me to use question? I don't think they're talking about that. I think they're <laughs> saying, just don't, don't have a debate about it on the company board of let's talk politics of gender orientation or something. If you have a question that's factual, I mean, I don't think anybody would criticize that. It's like, don't get on a board posting stuff about how it's unfair for me as a person of this gender or this orientation or something, unless it's specific to like yeah, the I, HR person. The, the, the thing I was, yeah, I do understand your position there actually. Um, but what I do criticize is when they're on a, they're a public figure and they're promoted themselves as public figures and on, on, on a public um, platform like Twitter, they're banning people that bring up legitimate questions questions about you know the history of this and that and their only response is to ban these people Uh, that's not I don't think that's very attractive or very adult is it Spencer but but play okay play out the poker hand I'm saying it's completely (laughs) consistent with their behavior in the past of looking at this big picture they want to go back to making cash hand over foot so the two of them can love their lifestyle and be with their families. They I think the expression is hand over fist. They would rather be criticized for cutting off the conversation than to be involved in the conversation oh, well. and then have a history of all this like two-sided version of everything they say. And I understand. Yeah, so because, how much more has the conversation been stirred up because they said they wanted to shut it down? It'll go, the less they say, the faster it goes away. Look at Matt, our fearless leader here. Every time he says something, it goes on record, like the whole thing from last week or the week before where he was talking about uh, Wix and whatever. Now he's got this entire history of legacy of being talking out of two sides of his mouth. He can't say anything proper because no matter what he says, he's going to be criticized. Jason and David, I think, understand that. And they're like, fuck all of you. We're just not going to talk about it anymore. It's over. And it will die as soon as you move on to the next topic. I, I think I think the thing that, and again, the biggest thing is you're, they're, the way that they're dealt with this situation is alienating anyone who's not uh, a heteronormative white guy. It's alienating everybody else because everybody else is part of mm-hmm. the political discussion because, you know, they're not the default. And I, I think that that is bad for business. Yeah, I think well, the customers yeah. don't give a shit because the people oh, they who are... are Hold on. Okay. The customers on. on base camp only are white up. They're sticky. They're not going to leave base. Hold on. Yeah, the they are. The reason people are on base <laughs> yeah, camp. Yeah, they are, though. <laughs> but yeah, they are. I know, but, but like the, the certain There's amount of people. There's a bunch of alternatives. The certain They're leaving right now. Will, hold on. The certain They're number of people now. who will leave now, then this thing, in their estimate, I would guess, blows over. And it just becomes, they never said or did anything that could be construed incorrectly. Yes, they cut people off. Yes, they decided not to talk about it. Yes, they buried the body. But compare that with getting into these never-ending conversations where they say one thing, it's interpreted differently, and so forth. Now they've got this entire chain of... Yeah, um, 
I'm going to go for a break, but I've got to say that I always saw them as the coup, the court, the coup Chicago lads. I've now seen them as a pair of douchebags, basically. But there we go. That maybe that you know we're going to go for our we're going to go for our break. We'll be back in a few moments. Yeah, a base camp as a product is much less revolutionary and interesting than it used to be. Yeah, oh, we're going to go. We're going to go. We're going to go. We're going. We're going. All right, for our we'll break, shut up fine. now. Go for our break, folks. We'll be back in a few moments. LaunchFlows turns your WooCommerce website into a selling machine. We make it easy to create gorgeous sales funnels, no friction checkouts, order bumps, upsells, downsells, and much more. Gain full control over your buyer's journey from the top of your WooCommerce sales funnel all the way to the bottom. Best of all, you can use your favorite page builder, such as Elementor, Divi, Beaver Builder, Gutenberg, or one of the high-converting templates we've included inside. Get rid of the clunky WooCommerce shop pages and checkout process in favor of an optimized buyer flow that instantly increases conversions and makes you more money. LaunchFlows provides one-click order bumps that increase the total value of every sale with a 10 to 30% conversion rate. This is perfect for anyone offering complimentary products, training, or extended warranties. With unlimited upsells and downsells, your buyer's journey doesn't need to end at the checkout. Instead, we make it easy to display a series of additional offers as part of the original transaction. This is perfect for one-time offers, related products, mastermind class offers, high-ticket software sales, or subscription supplements. Not an expert? Don't worry. We've got the training and the consultation you need. WP Launchify will teach you how to get the most out of launch flows with personal consultation on WordPress, WooCommerce, marketing automation, and much more. If you want to earn more money with your WooCommerce online business, you owe it to yourself to try launch flows today. We're coming back. Uh, this is spitely. It's gonna get. It's gonna get even more spitely. I think. Uh, um, so, um, oh, on to my next sponsor. My next sponsor is Conversio. Conversio is um, it's a really high-performance WordPress hosting provider. Um, if you're looking for real performance for yourself or for your clients with a critical um, website, they're the people to really go and have have a chat with. Um, they showed me the back end of their platform and their technology stack. I was really, really impressed. Um, you want to go over there, have a look what they've got to offer. And the other thing is they've offered us the WP Tonic Tribe, a amazing offer. If you go there and choose any of their um, packages for yourself or for your clients, for the life of the package, um, you get 30% off. That that is an amazing deal. To use the deal, all you have to do is go to the WP Tonic website, and there's a load of banners for Conversio, and you just click the banner, and it will take you to a Pacific page for the WP Tonic offer. Um, I suggest that you go and have a look at it because it is an amazing offer. So on to our next story. Um, 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 it seems to be. 
This is a good story to follow the first one because you were easy. We seem to be in the era of banning everybody and everybody, everything. This is the competitive ads against WordPress story, right? Yeah, companies running competitive ads against WordPress might soon be banned from sponsoring WordCamps. So, isn't this exactly the same thing? If you go, (laughs) hey, if you go against the family, hey, listen, I got a piece of advice for you, right? Never say anything against the family. Like, this is the same thing, except it's you, might, you, might, you might get a phone call, won't you? It's <laughs> like Godfather 2 or something like that. God, you know, uh, I mean, right. Godfather uh, 1. I mean, you know, uh, it's a bit different from the Wix situation, because, of course, Wix would never be trying to sponsor a WordCamp. Um, uh, 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 but, uh, you know, if you look at, say, this ad by Elementor, you know, making WordPress easier to use. Look. Uh, 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 you know, there's a lot of things about WordPress that are not easy to use for the average person. Uh, is it like shock, horror, it's flattering, Sally? You can't say that. Uh, isn't that the problem? Like, here's here you've got the ultimate version of the exact same thing that the young lady who was writing about Basecamp was talking about. Like, silence is bad, right? Here you've got the opposite. You've got forcefully financially saying shut the f up or you're not going to be involved in base camps anymore like literally don't say anything about the product it's also like okay here we are at a time when wordpress uh community services is like desperate for money because we haven't had any in-person word camps and that's where most of the funding is and they're saying yeah we're not going to take your money if I just like, I love the how freaking app. useful is that? Um, I mean, this is going to be one of those things that I'm not saying it would be the only reason, but like they they talk in the discussion part about in the comments about Elementor, right? And we've talked about this for months and months and months and months. I'm still betting on the table that Elementor is eventually going to fork the core of WordPress and just get, just go on its own because it makes much more sense. They've got the marketing budget. They've got the, the technical team. They've got the, the fan base and the user base. It's like, why do they need this aggravation? Just take the code. It's open source and be done with all this misery and set up the Elementor, you know, the, the CMS. Elementor Press. I mean, why not? It'd be better. And if it works with all of the normal plugins, I mean... I, hey, you know the right guys to call, John. Just call up, call up the team over there and get them on the show. But like, why not just do that? It would be nothing. Yeah, but we don't. We do seem to be living in an age, you know. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm like, I'm used to Parliament and the, you know the stuff that people. There are rules that you can't, you can't say you're a liar in the House of Parliament. But apart from that. It's, it gets pretty raucous and just general. Can can, can you imply it? Because you know the British are well, very Scottish, good at that kind of thing. Scottish uh, MP did it last week, saying, you know, how many how many times have you lied, Prime Minister? <laughs> right. um, but um, it gets a bit. It gets pretty raucous when they're allowed to attend. Obviously, it's got a bit quieter. So it's not nobody's. But I'm just not used to everybody banning everybody. You know, um, obviously there are bridges that when it get burnt, you know, you got to act. But um, well, this, this show could never be a sponsor of a word camp. Uh, yeah. I think I, I think I'd be next. I think I'd be extremely low and. Um, 
Well, um, I'm not going down that route, actually. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so, you know, like go. I said, this whole... I don't, think, I don't think I'd be warned. I just think I've just had somebody say that certain behaviour was, was not... You know, they would like us to modify some of our behaviour, which is got every right to do that, Spencer. I, I don't feel like we benefit here from being on top of people personally in the WordPress uh, leadership, other than when we were just talking about the DHH and, and Jason's story, John and you rightfully said, like, shouldn't they be held with the, the light of day on them? And I'm saying, well, if we're talking about automatic, is it really fair that things like this story or things like we've all talked about from previous shows where we've all jumped on certain people, is it fair that we shouldn't hold the leadership or the, the hierarchy of, of the leadership? Well, yeah, but... I think we're, and you you will probably differ to this, but when I consider public figures to be, they, they've made themselves public figures by podcasting, by having a very large following on Twitter, through promoting themselves, they become public figures. I think if you which become, does legally change some things about yes, which and, does legally change when you're an employer company and you're not a public figure and things are said um, like if somebody was working for Basecamp they were just the employee and things were said to them I, I don't think that is appropriate and that you know but when you're a public figure. I think the benchmark where you've got to have a thicker skin than an average citizen or an employee. That's my position, Spencer. I, I, I agree with that concept. I just feel that it's hard to draw the line in the case of, let's say, WordPress. And I'm not harping on this, but just as an example, against Basecamp. Is it only Jason and David that are the ones in charge? Or is it their like next level management team who also clearly must have known this existed because they're posting As on the, the founders board. and the main, you know, the founders of the company. I do but I'm saying that the, the people below David and Jason who are posting on the boards and know mm -hmm. of the other employees doing that, not you know, bad stuff. Are they at the level of public figures? Similarly, I won't name names, but in WordPress, obviously Matt. But like, who below Matt, who's out there with his? Yeah, but he is, to me, he is the cut, he cut is the main. I mean, he is know. yeah, but he is the main public figure. So. Okay, fair enough. I mean, whatever. That that point is objectively. Well, you know, when you set right. yourself up as the place where the buck stops, you're the one who catches the flag. If you take pleasure as the second in command of cutting off everybody's heads with your name and face and known as that guy or girl, then I think you kind of put yourself in the public position, don't you? I mean, you don't have to literally be the CEO. You could be the next, you know, C-suite or other position, and you're the one that falls. Look at things like Enron or any other public disaster. They don't just get rid of the CEO. They go to the whole C-suite, and they all go down. And I'm just saying... This is an interesting contrast when it comes to the politics of the day, because what stupidity could there be, or I'm sorry, how, how much worse could the stupidity be for WordPress to come out and now publicly say, you can't say anything bad about us or else you can't participate? Because it's literally like telling your dissatisfied husband or wife, you know, 
I'm going to divorce you if you do any more things that are so clearly, you know, normal. Uh, you know, what do they expect people to do? Is there going to be a committee now that goes through all the software and says, oh, hmm, Yoast, your plugin, you said something bad about us. You're off the direct. Oh, launch flows, you're off the directory. I mean, it becomes like, like, like. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, who, who decides what's, I mean, this does seem to be specifically about like, uh, you know, uh, ad advertising that you pay for versus, uh, you know, uh, mentioning problems in, in other areas. Yeah, Facebook. But, but yeah, but it is still a question of like, well, who decides what counts as, you know, sufficiently uh, negative well, language? Well, let's go on to story four because we, we, we they, they all seem yeah. to be linked, really. Uh, it, 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 it's really... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry, Facebook stops employees from reading an internal report about its role in the insurrection. You can't. You can read it here, though. Um, so, what do you reckon about this one, John? You know, everybody knows that. Um, it, it's funny. Like people say, like social media is like this big liberal thing, but if you look at what the top ten engagement stories are on Facebook each day, you're lucky to see, you You would be lucky to see like one like left-leaning story in there. It's usually all the top 10 is like right-leaning stuff. I can tell you from personal experience, and I'm sure that, you know, everybody listening out there, you know, if you're of the same mind or not, the people who believe that Trump won in 2020 and that the election was rigged and the people who, you know, they believe all the lies and all the garbage all the way down. They 100% believe that they're smarter than you. And they 100% believe that, that all this stuff that they consume on Facebook in their feed is not manipulating them in any way. The stuff that they see on, on YouTube these algorithms that feed into what you already believe and feed you more conspiracy crap, they 100% don't believe it. And that's the root of the problem. They would just look at this report and just say fake news because the, the hardest thing to do is admit that you made a mistake or that you were played as a fool. It's the most difficult thing to do. So you double down on your position. Personally, you... Well, especially well, if you well, initially adopted it, essentially. Mark, as a yeah. Oh, Mark, you know, that picture, I think, came from you, didn't it, Spencer, on that surfboard? Which one? No. About, about oh, this? Um, of... Uh, the, the surfboard picture not, where, he, where he looks like a... Where he's got his... Oh, where, entire, where he, he, he was they, trying to they, fool some kind of uh, uh, facial recognition thing by no, covering No, no, he face. was going on a vacation in Hawaii, so he decided to fully complete his cosplay as Commander Data. So he put full zinc oxide on his whole face, so his face was fully white, like, like he looked like a mime or a robot, while he's surfing. And everybody sort of said, like, do you really think we don't know who you are, Mark? Because like nobody else looks like you, Commander Data. Uh, and they were just making a, a joke of it. But like even in this picture from the 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 committee, there's something clearly detached. <laughs> so wrong with that case already, him and the leadership team of Facebook not yeah, recognizing the predicament that they are in, or maybe they absolutely understand it. 
and they are just doing everything they can to go upstream because like there cannot be a big discussion about whether they know this. They just realize that as soon as there's a crack in that dam of like, we've been doing naughty stuff. His history proves it. It was a frat boy who invented a thing that got all the data on all the kids at Harvard, right? You probably could not believe the kind of crap that goes on inside the Facebook world. And as soon as that crack opens up and the DOJ or somebody else goes in there to really start digging around, I think they realize how bad it would be. And so they're just going to do like Jason and David are doing, except it's a megalithic company. Like, we're just going to pretend it never exists. Nobody can do this. Nobody can do that. And we'll take our licks on that part of it. But we're not going to let you see the, the dirty laundry. You know? Oh, but he's, he's such a he's such a creep, isn't he? He's I know. So, but like, look at look, look at the there's mafia. Something and, and geezer, there's but, something really wrong with that geezer, though. But, but like any kind of even, even if it's hypothetical, right? Even a, a, an organized crime, okay? The way it works is or Fight Club, they don't allow people to talk about it. Don't talk about Fight Club. Don't, don't talk about the Costa Nostra. Don't talk about the family. Because they know it's bad for business. It's just a corporate level mafioso arrangement here. And whatever the yeah, size yeah. of the corporation. All right, yeah, on to the next. I think we're, uh, it's the same old people are bashing, but they do, they do so much shit. So that's why they end up on this, on, on, on this show. Uh, um, so we've gone on to the next one. WooCommerce invested, invests in Peach Bay. Uh, um, they showed me. So, yeah, you're Spencer, you've got your own product. You're in this. Um, mm-hmm. Peach Bay show approached me, and they're going to. Um, what do you reckon about, you know, WooCommerce investing in them? Well, okay, let's talk about the product class. For anybody who doesn't know what Peach Pay does, there's another one called Fast. There's a couple other. I had some guys who approached me about another startup. Like, this is the next thing that if you kind of think in terms of square, you'll get an idea what's going on. The concept is that you become part of a company that not only keeps your data for checkout, but then has all of the participating market vendors in there as well. So that if you go to buy a product from a vendor, a coffee shop or an online store or whatever, there's no need to ever use your data anymore. You can literally go, I want this, click, boom. It immediately takes the money out of your account, gives it to the vendor. So it's like a layer of you're part of a buyer, like Costco kind of. You're, you're part of a buyer's club, except you don't have to deal with any of the filling out fields or the shipping or other stuff. And the, the way that this works, though, is it's a two-sided marketplace. You need to have a participation in the market that your vendor is also participating in, which Kind of leads me to wonder on the practical side of things, as soon as there's more than one or two, you know, services, doesn't it just become credit cards all over again? I mean, because right now you can already save your credit card data in the in the Chrome browser. And if I go to a website, I never, I, I can't remember the last time I typed in my credit card number. But that's the premise of how this works. Oh, now, I, I, I never use that. I refuse. I, I don't save it in the browser. I save it in my password yeah. app, but it's, same thing. It's very secure and it's safe and it's it works fine. But the point is like if, if, well, because your credit cards are so protected anyway, like literally 
you will not get held accountable for false online charges. Well, you know, we differ, we differ slightly because you have your ladies all around your house as well I mean, listening to every word if, you say. If, if, I, 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 the idea of having ladies listening to every word, you know, I have no ladies. No, but I'm so, saying like even, even in terms yeah, of... Yeah, my, my husband wants to, uh, to be able to, to program... Uh, uh, each of the uh, each of the three girlfriends to get really upset and have oh, a you want, you to address that, them by the other you, name. Oh, he wants other ladies in the house apart from you as well, does he? Oh no, we do not have anything like that. Not, not, not. Not yet. One day you'll wake up and there'll be three girlfriends. But either, even with that though, you know, like just to relate this to something else, we talk about all the time how if you do a search on your Chrome browser or whatever, and you're not in incognito and you're not using a, a, a firewall, like 1,000%, it shows up two minutes later in your Facebook ad stream, right? So if I, if I put in a feminine hygiene product search right now, it would literally show up in my business feed on Facebook. So we all know what's going on with, you know, ad roll and the kind of like following of people. But what I'm saying is there's not a security issue of participating in this network. It's a practical problem of, how does one check out? And I do agree, because LaunchFlows is a sales funnel product for WooCommerce, I do agree that WooCommerce's primary liability, which is why there are so many add-ons, is the team who created it are geniuses, right? Mike Jolly and the rest of the team, geniuses, have no clue whatsoever how people actually use it in the real world, as evidenced by the fact that 10 years later, it still doesn't have built-in sales funnel capability. Like everything is a Home Depot experience out of the box. So if this thing brings a layer of convenience where enough people get on- Bear in mind, Home Depot still works that way. Yeah, Uh, but it's not for everybody. Like Home Depot is good if you know you want to shop around. But like, let's say you had a broken toilet. What they're doing is like, you know you need a broken toilet part you drive or whatever to the Home Depot and there's a person in front who just puts it in your trunk. You don't have to pay. You don't have to ask. It's just one stop and you're done. I know that this is a useful service, but it's who will win the marketplace that matters. So it kind of makes sense that they're putting a bet on one of the players because otherwise they're going to be stuck. I mean, well, and I mean, people, the the easier you make checkout, you know, people like that. Um, I wonder who invested in Fast. That would be a better answer because Fast is the competitor. And if Fast is, let's say, invested in by Zuckerberg or by Wix, it would it would lend a lot of credibility to why they invested in Peach Bay because they just had to bet on their own horse. But, mm, you know, right. it, it's a bit right. of a move. Right, fair enough. Now, let's okay. go on to the last story, right? It's uh, uh, around- the- Hold on, wait. You gotta play the dramatic music, I think. <laughs> right. Thank you. Power right, so right. So cops laugh after abusing woman with dementia. And listeners and viewers, this really upset me because my poor mother died of the condition. Um, bless her little heart. Uh, um I, I thought one, I thought one of the positive, the only positive thing about this story was it show, was that um, the there was people there filming it and the body the um, body cams that the officers involved in this incident the the film is there um, and it really shows the benefits of technology you know because um, a few weeks ago we were talking about the dangers of robots, but this is a good thing that you, we have 
technology that can show the truth. But um, I think what was shocking, the incident was shocking as it is, but the the real um, nauseating element of this story was the um, officers got together and then viewed the webcam and they filmed watching... The, yes, if, um, if you thought a list of funny names was bad... <laughs> it was, um, watching the watching the webcam of them abusing uh, and talk, basically torturing a, a seventy three year old woman that's obviously is has some mental problem which which came up as being dementia, but obviously is in a very confused state. They actually watched the video of them torturing her, discolating her shoulder, and then not allowing her to see a doctor for six hours. As you as you learn about this case, it just gets worse. They watch it and they start laughing um, as the demons, which they are. They are just human demons. That's, what, that's why I am a Christian, because um, I believe in evil. Uh, um, and if you can't explain evil... You've got to believe in the supernatural, and they are just demons of human beings. They they enjoy the suffering of other people. What did you reckon about this, Spencer? The problem with this entire predicament is that the world is filled with people that have capacity for good or evil, but people who are entrusted with power, like police officers— in many cases, military, oftentimes attract people inclined towards the evil type of behavior. And in this case, this is, this is you couldn't come up with a worse example. I mean, obviously all the murders of, of innocent black people, but this is like a mentally ill person, clearly mentally ill, not of color and a woman. And they still, I mean... If anything, the fact that she was a white woman... because yeah, there's, like, no history of violence against women stopped them from doing it. The fact that they even ignored those levels of basic decency, even if they were racist. But here, here's the bigger problem. The bigger problem with this is that there's no excuse at all for this as far as what they did. Those two individuals should never have been and should never be police officers. The consequences are what's important. And I think that in this case... This is a clear added on to the list example of how the people who hire and the, the unions that protect police behavior have to be fundamentally looked at and not necessarily thrown away, but like restructured because there are so many good police officers and so many good military people to let the behavior of these people just throw all that away is not a good solution either. It has to be looked at honestly and from the top down. And I think that in this case, the Loveland or whatever, the, the, the guy, the police chief, whoever who's disregarding it, this is, an, this is an example of how, no, you can't just ignore it and say no. I mean, you just, it has well, to. Well, I think, yeah. I, I think another interesting aspect of it is that the media in Colorado, um, the newspapers, the radio, have been trying to play down this story um, it's hardly reported on any of the Colorado newspapers. Um, I mean, these Colorado towns are like the old West, right? I mean, even in 2021, Loveland, Colorado might as well be like, okay, Corral town in terms of good old boy kind of stuff, you know? 
Well, but what also they're not trying to report it, but um, what is great to see is that the people, the decent people of Loveland and the and the decent people of the great state of Colorado are still commenting and making the the people that are truly responsible for the torture of this woman um, one day pay for their evil actions. Um, which is the which is the governor? You know, if he had any spine, he would resign. And I I call for the mass sacking of all these police officers in Loveland. They must be all rotten to the core to allow a culture like this. And they should lose their pensions as well. They need to be made a clear example of. So I call for them all to be sacked and to lose their pension rights to teach them some morals which they don't have, which they are, when they allow demons to join their ranks, people that enjoy the suffering of other human beings, they've got to take some responsibility. What do you reckon, Sally? Uh, I'm totally with you on the taking responsibility. Um, You know, uh, technology gives us, uh, has given us the means to, you know, to see what's going on. In a lot of places, we could never, we never had any idea what was going on. Uh, And what it shows us is not comfortable to look at. Uh, It's pretty horrifying. And it's not like it's anything especially new and it's not like uh i'm sure probably like every black person in america is like yo we could have told you that about the police um but uh you know well it's the great thing of technology isn't it because it does allow you to see is really ugly to see but at least with technology, well, yes. I mean, it's it, like, you? you know, so, okay, well, gee, we discovered this list of funny names. Well, gee, we just, you know, if you, if you discover this and you know it's happening, then you have to do something about it. And I'm pretty sure that there's a lot of folks in Colorado who don't want to do anything about it. And hence the downplaying and the blah, blah. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, it is... Uh, it's not something that we as a society should tolerate. Uh, And it is kind of an expression of that, you know, pyramid of of hate, that when you have a culture that is comfortable with demeaning people, uh, if they are in any way different, uh, and which doesn't have any compassion for, and like, how many of these people's, you know, parents might end up with dementia and and, and behave in that same way? Are, are they really like uh, that convinced that that this couldn't be, uh, you know, that this couldn't be them? Because you know, uh, uh, dementia is, is a thing that can happen to pretty much anybody. Uh, they're not clear enough yet on on you know mm, why some people get it no. and, and don't. Just like anybody You're... can be temporarily disabled by breaking a leg, and suddenly realize, oh heck, I'm you know I have to go around on crutches, and man, this building is not flipping accessible. Uh, <laughs> you know yeah. uh, uh, that is not how 
that is now how we should operate. But there are a lot of people who are deeply offended if they are asked to actually like, you know, do any work or sacrifice anything uh, in the name of, of having, a, a, you know, of just achieving a minimal level of decency. Yeah, I thought I've seen it all almost, but when I when this when this erupted, and I, it, the actual scene of her being roughed up was bad enough, but the actual scene of these it was actually three officers that found it amusing that that they're torturing this woman. When the video of them watching it, these three demons, um, that's what they are, human demons. Uh, um, laughing like hyenas at the agony of this 73-year-old woman in pain, bragging that they popped her shoulder and how funny it was. Um, you know, um, I, cause we just temporarily lost John there. I don't know. I was going to put it to John, actually, to finish this off. So, um, oh, is he coming? He's all that. So um, let's bring John back. Um, so, um, John, um, do you want to finish off? What, what do you reckon about this whole thing? Yeah, I'm going to hit you with some stats. Um, half of all people that are killed by police are disabled, whether mentally or physically, uh, each year. Only 100 police, right? I think it's like less than 100 are killed each year, and half of that is by um, accidents, like car accidents or things like that. Um, is the police unions don't operate the way that regular labor unions work. They're not collective bargaining. They basically protect uh, police officers. So if you do something like this in one town or like the, the people in Buffalo yes. that shoved, well, shoved they, the they old man down. Police officers in the Supreme Court has sided with, with them every time yeah. across history and, that anybody has tried to, uh, uh, tried to protest. And, and not only that, but like the majority and over 50% will say the majority of white people also side with the cops because they, and, and I'm not saying get rid of the cops, but definitely the way that the police operate in America, it, it can't go on because you're handing them all this like military equipment. Um, you're, you're giving them, the, they have their own flag. You know what I mean? It's like they basically think that the the public is the enemy and they do things like this they do things like brutalize um old people or people with dementia or autism um or people who are black or brown or anybody that's like not them and if you are one of the good apples you, and you try and snitch you it's the theme here you can't snitch on things there's all these things where you can't call the evil out or you can't call the corruption or the bad practices out or you get weeded out. You get, you're the one that gets uh, taken off of the force or forced out or put on, you know, administrative leave. One thing that really needs to be done is ending qualified immunity because basically if a cop does anything in uniform and there's a lawsuit against them, it's not them. It's not the police department. It's not the police union. It's not their pension that takes a hit. It's the city budget. So every time the cops do something where there's a lawsuit that comes forth, the city where that happened 
defunds all the other departments. So all the like parks, mental health, uh, community services, uh, homeless outreach, um, libraries, anything like that. That's all the stuff that gets defunded. And the city has to pay that. And that's the way it is in every city in America. Uh, and all that, you know, basically anything you do in uniform is you're, you're off the hook and there's almost no consequences. And this thing that happened in Minneapolis very recently um, is the exception. That almost never happens. We don't even know what the sentence is going to be. But if you end qualified immunity and let lawsuits come out of their pension or the police department budget, that's going to be a big step to actually these departments taking accountability and stop protecting and stop having this code of silence. Like, which has been a theme in this episode. Yeah, if you took the, I think you have. One thing is correct. There needs to be a certain level of immunity for things like fire people and police officers acting in their duty. But in the case of some crossing the line threshold, having the union be responsible is actually a good idea in some ways because they will then act in a, in a manner that stops those things from happening because they will be uninsurable. Well, like the, in Vallejo where they notch the badges like for each person they kill. Um, or the, yeah, that, that doesn't seem like it's defined in uh, the, the uh, in the duty of a police officer. No, or, um, or the or or when people say more training, and uh, there's a video going around the other day. This guy that you that trained cops for decades, saying like, "Yeah, uh, if you kill someone, you're going to have the best sex of your life like the next day. That's a perk of the job." And you could see the people in the audience, like the other cops, are all like, "Oh." you know, getting off on it and like getting enthused about it. I mean, that's the training that you're paying for. So something else needs to happen because they're not going to overlook, they're not going to like oversee themselves. Uh, it's just this, the structure of it has become something uh, corrupt. So. I mean, you, you have to put the financial pain at the point where it's, it's being blocked. The, the problem is being blocked at the union level because they're the ones that set the standard for what's acceptable behavior or not, because they're the ones that come in to defend and otherwise prevent the cops. Again, with the exception of the Chauvin thing, the idea is for years, there has to be some level of allow you, like, like there are similar laws that exist for anybody who is a, a good uh, Samaritan, right? If you're a good Samaritan and you give somebody CPR and you do it badly, for most reasons, you're not going to be held liable. There are some exceptions. You put a pillow over somebody's head. But like in those situations, there's not a union stepping in to stop there from being any investigation or for, from preventing you getting a reprimanded. They get retired with full pension, right? If the union was held accountable for a $100 million verdict, uh, pretty sure that that kind of thing would become standard training that like if you're a bad cop, you're off the force. And it's it's sad, you know. I mean, that we're at the stage, but yeah. God. But I think I think the positive thing is, like to say, the technology of webcams and people having mobile phones. There was a witness watching this, which they were worried about, and the female officer said, um, "I had um, calmed that witness down a bit, so there's a good chance that he won't report." But I think he did, and uh, the family. And like I say, if they, if, if they had roughed up my mother and done this, my my vengeance would be 
I would have vengeance on them, all three officers. Um, if the state isn't prepared to do the right thing, um, other methods must be utilised on these people. They are, like I say, demons, um, hyenas, uh, um, scum, basically. Um I'm doing quite well because I thought I was going to use stronger language, but there we go. I've kept reasonably calm. All right, so um, on on to a webinar. Let's do something a bit more happier, actually. I'm doing a webinar with Spencer. We're going to be delving in everything about marketing automation. It's going to be on the 14th of May, the second Friday of May at 10.30 a.m. Over to you, Spencer. What are we going to be covering? Well, it's not just really, I mean, we're really talking about uh, session two of a three-part, over three months webinar that will be memorialized. Each video will be there. The first video is there, which will show you how to create a modern WordPress membership site and using a surprisingly small stack of plugins, which is different than many people have been taught, where in the past you might use a specific membership plugin and then all the accessories for it. But if you do it that way, you're going to cut yourself off from all these great benefits. So I would recommend that anybody go over to the link. Uh, I think I can post it here as well. So you can give us your email. And when you give us the email, you'll get notified of where each of the events are. Plus, you'll get the follow-up so you get everything together. It's um, going to allow you to essentially ask questions if you come live. But if you catch up from the first session, you'll be able to see in this one, how to actually configure the stack of plugins uh, and services. In the first one, we talked about the stack in general. And then finally, in uh, I guess it's in June, we're going to finish it with how to launch the stack. So now you got this new factory that's streamlined, simple, marketing automation capable. How do you actually use it with modern strategies of like not annoying people by sending them 65 emails because they gave you their email? Stuff like that. So sounds fantastic. I'm looking forward to it. And I can say all the videos of the past webinars will be on the um, WP Tonic YouTube channel. Right. And so you can rewatch them and it's great. But joining us live, you will have the opportunity to ask Spencer some questions after he's done his presentation. Yeah. And it's short too. I mean, like nobody has to worry. You can watch on your lunch break or something. We're not going on and on and on, which is the good thing about it, you know. So, yeah. That's great. So on to our rec the recommendations of the week. Um, I, I've been um, trying to link my Google Analytics with my AdWords account, linked to my YouTube account, uh, um, and I've been getting very confused. And uh, I really have a love-hate relationship with Google Analytics. I found um, a company, um, it's a plug-in service called Plausible, um, IO, um, and they seem to be offering, I haven't tried it yet, but I am looking at it because, like I say, I'm not sure if I can continue my relationship with Google Analytics. It's getting a bit stressful. Uh, um, <laughs> Sally, have you, oh, you look very intense, Sally. Um, Sally, have you um, got anything you want to recommend to the listeners and viewers? Uh, hey, yes, actually. Um, <clears throat> now that I've mislaid the StreamYard window, probably permanently. Uh, eh, 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 there we well, do, go. Do put your recommendation in Slack, actually. Can you? Uh, I will do. Um, uh, there are two 
plugins that have launched fairly major updates recently. One is Gravity Forms has updated to 2.5, mm-hmm. and they've gotten rid of their antiquated form builder um, uh, uh, and uh, <clears throat> put in a new one. So I recommend that everybody check that out. Um, it's being uh, added to the auto updates kind of in stages, so, but you so can you, download you- it and... It looks more like Gutenberg. I have not had a chance to really try it. So I'll try to give an an opinion later. And um, WP Migrate DB Pro has just launched version 2.0 with a number of updated features so that you can migrate like practically everything and not just your database back and forth between sites. And uh, there's a sale. Uh, and then finally, I just wanted to to toss in a a, a little prop. The uh, it's it's been quite a long time, uh, but uh, there is now in the Gutenberg plugin uh, the uh, feature I requested about a billion years ago, and have occasionally you know clubbed them over the head with, of um, a core block for. Uh, either embedding PDFs, which I don't generally do, or showing the thumbnail of the PDF that links to the file. Uh, And uh, so there's an article on WordPress Tavern about it, but it does show that if you communicate long and hard enough uh, with the editor team, uh, there will be a response. Right. And don't mess around with us. You can't come to our party anymore. (laughs) There you go. <laughs> um, cool. Spencer, have you got anything you want to recommend to this? Indeed, I do. So, uh, speaking of WooCommerce, uh, I got a great question from one of our LaunchFlows customers who was using a custom checkout for one of his products using LaunchFlows. And he realized that the default WooCommerce behavior when a person who is returning but not logged in does log in is it would redirect them to the global checkout page instead of leaving them where they're at. I thought, wow, I hadn't realized this. That's amazing. I developed for two years and I never came across the problem, but it's so obvious. Turns out I'm not alone. There's this plugin that's free in the repository. Love plugins like this because it's just three little functions in one PHP file called the previous page redirect for WooCommerce. It works whether you're on a product or a checkout page or anything, but it essentially allows you to use the login notice that WooCommerce pops in, but then returns you where you were at so that you can go on with your day. So anybody who uses WooCommerce, I kind of think this should be core behavior. Um, I told the, the person asking, I made a video, I said, maybe I'll incorporate this into launch flows, but to think about it, like this is a perfect example of a plugin that does exactly what you want and you don't need to add it into my thing. Just it's one more Lego to add to your stack of stuff. So anybody who uses WooCommerce, definitely go grab this one. That's great. John, have you got anything to recommend to listeners and viewers? Yeah, I was digging around for something just now. Um, this is a short video, the history of sundown towns in Colorado. Uh, I'm not sure if you know what a sundown town is, but guess which no, town I don't. Okay, we'll go watch it and you will notice. Uh, you'll it, no- it's a town where you'll be arrested for being black after sundown. Is that, yeah. That's not, the, not in the Gordon Lightfoot song. That's not what he's talking about, right? I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm not sure. Not sure. I but, think um, that's a good question. The, the town that was featured in our last story was also mentioned in this. They um, actually uh, uh, observed Jim Crow laws and only repealed a ban on uh, interracial marriage in 1957. 
Right, there we go. Wow. Well, put a, um, all our recommendations and that you will find in the show notes on the WP Tonic website. Um, also, um, please join our Facebook page and Facebook group. I've neglected it a little bit this week, but I will be posting more content and getting more people joining us. Please join us on that. And please join us next week where we'll be finding the best tech and WordPress stories of the week. We'll see you soon, folks. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to the WP Tonic Podcast, the podcast that gives you a dose of WordPress medicine twice a week. 